Good morning, Mac. Uh, I believe we have announcements with Mr. Joe Trotty. Good morning. I like this mic. It's right in my size. Good. All right. Um, hope everybody has, is having a great week. Or finished up the one. We're going to start a new one. But uh, we've got some great stuff going on. We Family game night is February 19th. That's this Friday. Uh, and that's from 6 to 8. Bring your favorite game and a snack to share. And we'll all have some family fun and enjoy each other's company. Uh, the women's ministry will be hosting a painting workshop. And this will be on February 26th at 6.30. Uh, and Shively will be doing the... Uh, uh, she was on the spot there for a second. It's not her. Uh, Ann Shively will be doing the uh, directing and helping people, but there will be a fee, uh, supply fee, and RSVP information is in your bulletin. So please read that part of the bulletin if you'd like to come. The Children's Ministry will be visiting Golden Living Nursing Center on February 27th at 9.30 in the morning. And all people are welcome to go. It's not just the children that are going. So if you want to go and bless a senior with your presence there and talk with them and share with them, uh, it'd be kind of a good experience. So more details are in your bulletin on that also. A teacher is needed for our uh, second to third grade Sunday school class. And uh, if you love children and would be willing to uh, serve in this area, please get a hold of Rachel Riley. Uh, you can get her on your email at childrensministry at muncialliance.org. And also, there are hand-painted mugs filled with chocolate. That could be scary. That's on the table, out in the entryway. And if you'd like one, uh, these mugs were designed by children participating in a Wednesday night service. And uh, all the proceeds will go to the CAMA services to bless refugees uh, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. If you all would please stand, we're going to spend, spend some time worshiping our Lord and Savior. And I'm going to start us out in prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that because of your demonstration we know what love is that while we were still useless and weak and rebellious sinners your very enemies God you chose to send your son Jesus to die for us that is what love is and we thank you for that love we thank you that it's a love that will never end never die never dim never never fade and Lord I thank you that you take us arms open wide as we are and so, Lord, we come as we are, and we just come to your throne and ask that our hearts and our heads and our thoughts and our eyes would be fixed upon you, that this time would be all about you and no one else. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. of sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let the rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come kneel earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. 
trust it. <laughs> Let's try to keep the weight in the middle. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as His body, as we come together and we worship, we just want to continue that um, spirit of worship, the attitude of worship as we uh, approach His throne this morning. Father, we come before you this morning humbly, bowing. Uh, Lord, in need of your touch, we, we come with, with burdens. Father, your, your word has instructed us to cast all of our burdens on you. So, Father, I pray that this morning, if there's anyone that has come in carrying, that they would just cast it off, that they would lay it before you, that just, just physically, mentally picture laying it before you, that we need not carry it. Father, many of have come out of sorrow with loss this week or still grieving the loss of a loved one. Father, we just lift them up. We just want to come alongside. Father, we, we pray for those that need your healing touch. You are a great physician. Father, this morning I pray that we would hear from you. Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. This incredible revelation that you have given us. Father, that you shared your heart, you shared your mind with us through your word. 
So Father, open it fresh and anew. Continue to unite us. Continue to build us together as your body strengthen us. Lord, we pray this all with with great expectation of what you are going to do and how you are going to minister in our midst. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to come and, and move mighty. Continue the movement of of worship right into your word. Father, convict us where we need to be convicted. Confirm where we can be confirmed. Father, that we might leave here different than we came in. Lord, that we might better live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The last few weeks we have been looking at the life of a Christian, what it means to live a Christian life um, as a tightrope walker. That's kind of the illustration we've been using of walking on a tightrope and, and uh, that we, we're trying to maintain balance in our life and uh, that losing balance really causes us to, to fall into the danger of, of uh, legalism. We said that there's a, a cavern on one side and we, we called that legalism where everything is a sin. And I will point yours out to you. Um, I will let you know when you have crossed the line, when you have sinned. And the other danger is that we can slide into indulgence where really nothing is a sin. And everything that we do is just covered under grace. So we're free to do as we please. And, and, and Paul is telling the Galatians that that's the danger that we live. That's the tightrope that we're walking. That maintaining balance between legalism that everything is sin and indulgence that nothing is sin. And uh, that we need to, to, to understand that both of these ideas are wrong. And last week we found that the balance, that, that maintaining balance is, is gained by keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. That we live by the Spirit, so let us keep in step with the Spirit. And, and that truly is, if you picture the tightrope walker, that's one step at a time. And usually it's not a big step. You don't see anyone taking giant steps on a tightrope. It's usually, you know, heel to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe, right all the way until they get to the other side. And so the life lived in the Spirit, we found out last week, is one of service. It's motivated by love. It says, serve one another. Rather than than biting and devouring one another, rather than indulging the sinful nature, he said, serve one another in love. And now in chapter 6, he's going to begin to unpack what the service in love looks like. So, well, while I want us to come down uh, this morning off the wire, we're going to kind of change the illustration just a little bit, change the picture on our mind. And while we step down off the high wire, I want us to uh, continue our journey on a hike. Okay, our family loves vacationing. Just period, we love vacationing. Um, And two of our favorite places to vacation is, and I think I've probably shared this before because we also like to talk about our vacations, is that we like to go to the beach. Um, and we usually wind up at Clearwater in Florida or Hilton Head. Hilton Head's always our first choice. Um, or we go to the mountains. And if we go to the mountains, we wind up in Dillon, Colorado, because I'm convinced that's where the only mountains in the world are, um, and at least the, the most beautiful mountains. And uh, in Dillon, Colorado is ski country. Breckenridge is not far. Uh, Keystone, Arapahoe Basin, uh, for anyone who might be skiers. Um, we are not skiers, so we go in the summertime because we are hikers. We love to hike, we love to be in the outdoors. Um, 
When we go to Dillon, we usually get a condo right there on Lake Dillon, and we hike, and then we shop, and then we hike, and then we eat, and then we shop, and then we play, and then we hike. And uh, we just get a lot of hiking um, in. I I remember the first time that Alex was, at least this is the first time I remember her being with us, um, because Sarah and I were going to Dillon before we ever had kids, and, and really it was a very different vacation experience when we took toddlers with us to the place where we had gone just as adults and could do what we wanted when we wanted, and now we had toddlers. And I remember the first time that Alex was there, she was four. And Mackenzie would have been one at the time. But we had talked about hiking. They had seen pictures of hiking. And, and Alex said she wanted to go on a hike. A real hike. And what she meant was not the hike we do down by the lake. Where you can still see the condo. She wanted to go on a real hike. Like when dad gets up in the morning and takes off before everyone else gets up. She said, I want to do that hike. And I'm like, well... Okay, one of our favorite hikes is a hike to Lilypad Lake. Lilypad Lake is at the base of uh, Mount Buffalo. This is a picture of Mount Buffalo. Um, it's a 12,000 uh, foot peak. Not really a peak, it's round like the buffalo. And uh, I have on more than one occasion hiked all the way to the top of that. But at the base, about halfway up that picture, is a place called Lilypad Lake. And it's a beautiful lake. Um, it is almost from the, from the trailhead, it's, it's two miles in to the lake and two miles out. And it's considered an easy hike, but that's for adults. This four-mile round trip, while rated easy, has its adventure. It has some rocky places, it has some tough places, um, and... This trip was only going to be Alex and I because Sarah was staying back at the condo with, uh, with Mackenzie at one. And, uh, and so I said, okay, we're going to go, but I need to explain something to you. Because I knew what was going to happen. Uh, the, very, the trailhead, the first hundred yards is straight up. And I knew that when we reached the first hundred yards of the two miles, carry me. I'm tired. And I told her, I said, you are going to have to walk. Because the idea of a four-year-old on my shoulders or riding piggyback for two miles on this hike was not my idea of fun. So I told her, you're going to have to walk. And it's a long way. Longer than you've ever walked. I'm not going to carry you. Okay. And the incentive was that once you reached the lake, there was actually a beaver hut. And if you were lucky enough and timed it just right, the beavers were out. And they would be swimming around and and you could watch them and hike around the lake. It wasn't a real big lake. You could hike all the way around it and then two miles back to the trailhead. So we headed out. Well, we learned something about Alex that day. That if you tell her she would not be able to do something, she's going to work hard to prove you wrong. And that little rat, we took some breaks. We walked at a little slower pace because four-year-old legs aren't as long as adult legs. 
We stopped for some pictures. And she made it all the way in. Two miles. Up, over, around, through the meadow, and over the river, and through the woods. And we walked around the lake, and I don't even recall if we saw beavers or not. We may have. We do most of the time when we're out at this. And we headed back. And I wasn't going to bring up the topic of carrying. And we got about halfway out. And she started dragging. And I said, do you want me to carry you? Yeah. So up on the shoulders, and then pretty soon back down, and she walked. And it was just carrying her on and off the rest of the way. But sometimes, isn't that life? Life is hard sometimes. It's a hard journey. It's not always an easy walk. Not always an easy hike. Sometimes life feels like a hike when the air is thin. Because we were hiking at about 10,000 feet is where this trailhead starts and for any of you who have been into the mountains you know that the oxygen level is not like it is here and it always takes me every vacation to Colorado it takes me two the older I get sometimes three days before I can even venture out on a hike because I'm just sucking wind getting up in the morning but sometimes life feels like that there's a but but we know that there is this great incentive at the end of life There's this great reward that awaits us. Eternity with Christ. Sometimes we can can over-spiritualize the the idea of of walking in the Spirit. And and Paul tells us here in simple terms what that that is going to look like. So turn to your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Because Paul gives us some very practical teaching on what serving one another is in love looks like, on what keeping in step with the Spirit looks like, on what crucifying the sin nature looks like. Galatians chapter 6, and I want to begin reading with verse 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Now we actually covered this verse way back at the beginning of January when we were talking about restoration. Um, So we're not going to cover that verse now. We're really going to start here with verse 2. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Every pastor loves that verse. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Three words that we need to take notice of as we read these first verses of chapter 6. We need to understand the word carry. We need to understand the word test. And we need to understand the word weary. 
and what Paul is telling us in practical terms. So let's start with the word carry. Verse 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry means to take up with your hands. It's exactly what we would think it means. Okay, if we're going to carry, we've got to pick something up. Okay? So we're going to carry it. And actually, it also kind of has that connotation of that picture of putting it on yourself. So we're kind of picking it up and putting it on our own backs, on our shoulders. So if we're carrying something, we put it and we hoist it and we are carrying the load. Okay? And maybe a backpack, something that we, we put on. We are shouldering the load. Now these aren't spotters that walk beside you in case you start to fall. This whole idea of carrying is not spotting. Okay, if you have you know, people learning the, the tightrope or learning the balance beam, a lot of times they'll have spotters when they do their dismounts. The person there that's going to keep them from breaking their neck. That if something were to go wrong, they can catch or they can bounce, they can, can kind of help them fall gracefully. That's not what we're talking about when we say carry. It's not a spotter. This is a person who comes up and puts the, the weight on themselves. They come up under you, carry you, put you on their backs and carry it. It is, it is truly that, you know, little kid carry me. And you pick them up. Maybe you set them on the side, put them on your shoulders, piggyback ride. But their effort is no longer in it. It's now totally your effort to carry. And this is a big part of how we're going to, to maintain balance when life gets rocky. That, that, that this, this aspect of, of Christian community, this carrying one another's burdens, that we come alongside, not as spotters for each other, but carriers. We saw in Acts where this community, this new community that Christ was forming, in Acts chapter 2, 3, and 4, that they had all things in common. And we like to think they had all good things in common. But they had all burdens in common too. They had all struggles in common. They had all hurts in common. When, when Paul tells us to serve one another in love, when he says love your neighbor as yourself, he says carry each other's burdens. Those all mean the same thing. It's all how we do it. He said the, the, big, the big command is serve one another. The principle is do it in love. Love your neighbor as yourself. And really the practical teaching is you can carry one another's burdens. That you can't serve one another. You can't love your neighbor as yourself without carrying them. So we kind of need to understand that word burden too in light of carry. Burdens are any load. Any heaviness, any, any fear, any trouble. And it carries with it this idea of an oppressive load. It's not a light load. Okay, when, when, when we hike now, when we go on vacation and, and we go hiking now that the kids are 21, 18, and 16, the idea of dad carrying them, not even a possibility. You are on your own. In fact, if one of the girls say, I need carried, it's like, Michael, your sister needs some help. Because now that load's too oppressive for me. I can do when they're three, four, five, six, maybe even seven and eight for a while. 
But that's the idea of this burden. It's an oppressive load. It's a heavy load. It's a load of, of worry. A load of fear that just, just weighs us down. That overcomes, overtakes. That's the burden. Paul simply is saying that keeping in step with the Spirit means shouldering the overwhelming burdens of others. That if we're going to follow in the Spirit, if we're going to keep in step, if we're going to live by the Spirit, Paul says then what you need to do is carry. You need to shoulder the weight of one another's burdens. Their emotional needs become your emotional needs. Their financial needs become your financial needs. Their spiritual needs, their physical needs become your spiritual needs, your physical needs. Now the assumption that Paul is making is that we all have burdens. We're all carrying some load, we're all carrying some hurt, we're all carrying some worry, some fear. And if we are honest with ourselves, there are some times in our life when it becomes oppressive. When it becomes more than we think we can take. Now hopefully that's not every day. Hopefully that's the exception, not the rule. But I know that there are times when the burden is just too great to bear. So what Paul is saying is not only care one another, carry one another's burdens, but if you're, if you're carrying, if you're coming under the oppression of some heavy load... You need to share it. You need to be willing to say, I can't do this. I need help. This is too big for me. This, the weight of this is, has become too oppressive for me. I'm living in fear. I, I'm living in hurt. I can't seem to get through it. We have a financial need that I don't see a way out of. And Paul's saying that if we're going to carry one another's burdens, then we need to be sharing those burdens. Pride oftentimes keeps us from sharing a need. I got this. I got this. No, you don't. It's too big. It's too big of a weight. It's too big of a burden. And you need to share. You need to swallow that pride. Some days you're the carrier. Some days you're the carried. That's how community works. That's what Paul is saying. That when Jesus set up that early church in Acts and they had all things in common and, and it was, there was a community there. That Paul is saying this is how community works. That as each one of us is living in the Spirit, as each one of us is keeping step in the Spirit, then one of the things we're going to do is share our burdens and carry one another's burdens. We're going to share the load of life. This is the design of how the church is supposed to work. It's not a bunch of healthy people coming together and praising God. It's a bunch of imperfect people coming together and praising God. Doing life together. Sharing. Getting involved in one another's life. That's community. Psalm 55.22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. We sang about that this morning. That he will never let the righteous be shaken. Paul is giving us a clue as to how God carries burdens. That when we cast all of our cares on him, when we cast our burdens, that when we come and, and lay our things before Jesus, as we said in that prayer this morning, 
You know, one of the ways in which God does it is, is through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming in, uh, someone who's keeping in step and saying, we need to share that burden. That God lifts that burden by bringing somebody alongside of us to help us carry it. Or in sometimes, carry just the weight of it. The whole thing. Human friendships within the body is God's way of casting our cares on Him that He cares for us. Bringing other people to us. And I don't get to decide if the burden of someone else is overwhelming enough for me to get involved in. Suck it up, buttercup. That's not a line I get to use. Oh, I use it on occasion. But it's not a line that when I'm walking in the Spirit, when I am in step with the Spirit, and I understand that someone is being overwhelmed, I don't get to judge whether it's overwhelming enough for me to get involved. I don't get to judge if they just need to suck it up, if they just need to grow up, if they just need to learn to handle it themselves. No. If a brother is overwhelmed, I have a responsibility in keeping in step with the Spirit to come alongside and lift that burden. To carry, to place that, the, the weight of that on myself to help them get through. 1 John chapter 1. John is, is saying that if I possess the means to carry the load then I am obligated by the Spirit to carry the load. He says, this is how we know what love is. Okay, this is how we know. Serve one another in love. Well, how do we know what love is? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If you see a brother in need, a brother or sister in need, and you have the means by which to meet that need, be it financial, be it spiritual, be it emotional, and you don't have pity on them, how can you say the love of God is in you? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Let us carry the load. Meal trains are great. I, I think meal trains, and, and I never heard them called meal trains till we came here. I don't know what we called it before, taking in meals, I think. Um, meal trains are, are awesome. When someone is, is hit usually with a sickness or hospital stay or, or death in the family, and, and you know what, meals are they're, they're time-consuming to prepare. And so to have someone bring in a meal... So your family in those times of need are phenomenal. I think meal trains are awesome, but I don't cook. Have you ever had someone bring in a meal to your house and go, don't ever let them bring another meal into my house again? Grateful, but it wasn't good. It was horrible. Okay, so what about those that are cooking challenged? 
I can't get involved in the meal train. I know it. They know it. Everybody knows it. What if you did a laundry train? Okay? What if you called this person and said, You know what? I can't cook. I would love to help you out. But what if you just took all of your dirty laundry, placed it in a basket or a garbage bag, and set it on your front porch? I'll drive over this morning, pick it up. I will take it to my house, do all your laundry, dry it, fold it, press it, whatever, and I will leave it on your porch step tonight when you get home. He carried a burden. What about a house cleaning train? You know what? We're going to come in Saturday morning because I know you've been crazy all week with, with the burden that you are carrying. And we're just going to come in Saturday. We're going to dust. We're going to vacuum. We're going to clean. We're going to clean kitchen. We're going to clean bathrooms. We're going to clean toilets, tubs. We're just going to come in and we're going to clean your house for you because I can't cook and I don't know how to do laundry. My wife might even say, you don't know how to clean a bathroom either. <laughs> That's beside the point. What about helping a single mom with home repair? Winterizing a house. Might be a little late now, but better late than never. What about auto repair? Changing the oil. Checking tires. Just simple maintenance. What, what, those are burdens that some people are carrying that we don't know about. That we could take. We could come and just shoulder that responsibility. Paul says this is another example of how the law, how we fulfill the law of Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. Carry those burdens. Come alongside. Take on the weight. Carry each other's burden. And then Paul says now you've got to do something else. Carry each other's burdens. He says, in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. But he says, it goes on in verse 3, he says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And then it gets to our second word, that each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. You see, now we need to test ourselves. If we're saying that we are walking in the Spirit, but we're not carrying each other's burdens... We may not be passing the test. Paul said this, this word test is like what they do to a precious metal. To like gold or silver or something to, to prove its genuineness. Oh, is your love genuine? Test it. When you see a need, do you jump in? Do you shy away? When you know someone's hurting, do you give them a call to see if you can help carry that burden? Help lift that weight off of their back and place it on your own? Or do you like, I'll just pray for you? Not that praying's not lifting a burden. But sometimes we use it as our way out. We use it as our excuse to not get completely physically involved in the situation. Paul says, don't, don't go with just words. Go with deeds. Get yourself involved. Carry that weight. Paul says, test, scrutinize your life. Test your actions to see if your motives are genuine. Testing always tells us something about ourselves. 
And school tests show what we know or what we don't know or what we can or can't do. And that, Paul says, is very important that we need to test ourselves to, to see is, are we carrying one another's burdens? Are we truly keeping in step with the Spirit? How am I doing in the love my neighbor as myself category? See, if we don't truly understand ourselves, if we don't truly know ourselves, not knowing our weaknesses or our strengths or, or our biases, because sometimes we can carry burdens based on bias. I really like that person. I don't really like that person, so good luck. We don't get that option. We don't get to choose the burden we carry by the bias that we carry. By the people that we like. Paul says that's not how the church works. Paul says you think you are something when you are nothing. It's a dangerous place to be in. You fool yourself. You're not that great. And yet we can walk around thinking that we are. Because, well, we, we touch base. We, we carried that burden. We helped that person. Remember, serve one another in love means make yourself a slave to the others. Make yourself a slave to those around you. Make yourself a slave to those that you, that you come in contact with. Those especially within the body, Paul says later here. Especially those that are part of the family. You think you've done a great thing because you helped out the last time a need was made known. But this whole idea of test is not a one-time thing. This is not testing uh, about one particular incident of love. How you did the last time. This is testing your whole body of work. Not how did you do the last time a need was made known, but how are you doing overall when needs are made known? Are you picking and choosing? Are you avoiding? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Because really, it isn't you doing it. It's the Spirit working through you. That's the only way this is going to work. That's the only way we can have community is if each one is keeping in step with the Spirit. Because if we slide down to legalism or we slide down to indulgence, then carries, we're just going to carry them ourselves. You're on your own. And legalistically, I'll tell you when you've messed up. And indulgently, I don't really care what you do. Carry one another's burdens, but test your own actions. Test yourself. In general, are you, are you one that, can, that, that people can count on to help carry the burden of others? Are you known for that? Are you the first to sign up to help? Are you the one that created the meal train? That's always the one that I, I love when, when I see that someone has created the meal train because they, just, they took the initiative. They didn't wait for someone to create it so that I could come in and kind of help. They just took it on themselves to do it. They saw the need, they got involved. You begin praying about a situation before you're ever asked to pray about a situation. You show up without being asked. Now if we only judge by our good or our last good act, 
It's easy to rest on our laurels. It's easy to to rest on the idea that I'm doing pretty good because look what I just did. But forget the fact that it's been five months since the act before that. Which is why we have to do the whole body of work. Because it's easy to to become pleased with ourselves. To think we are better than we are. Paul warned about being conceited at the end of chapter 5. It's not a verse we actually looked at because it kind of ties in with where we are right here when we test ourselves. He said, let us not become conceited. That word conceited means empty praise. If you're conceited, you are praising yourself for no reason. You have no reason to do it. It's an empty praise. You think you're better than you are. pat ourselves on the back and we we tell ourselves that we're great. We compare ourselves with others. I I help others more than they do. I haven't seen them at a work day. I haven't seen them sign up on a meal train. I haven't seen them do that for... Paul says, don't go there. If you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to yourself. That's what Paul is saying with the whole sow and reap. He says, do nothing to the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If we're going to truly test, if we're going to truly be, be, be honest with ourselves, it's going to require humility. No one is beneath your ability to help. In verse 4, Paul actually gives us permission to take pride in what we do. Did you see that? In verse 4, where he says, Then, he says, each one should test their own actions. And after you've tested it, and you've, what? You've compared yourself to yourself. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. You see, we sometimes take pride in ourselves because we think we're better than someone else. What Paul is saying is when you test yourself, are you better now than the old you? Is the new you, the now you, better than the old you? In the whole big body of work called your life, are you growing? Are you maturing? Test yourself. See if you're better now than you were. Because it doesn't do us any good to compare ourselves to someone else. Because in the end, each one has to carry their own load. You see, in the end, you don't get to compare yourself to someone else. It's all about your body of work. Your responsibility. Your life. And so if we go through life saying, well, I'm better than that person. I do more than that person. I help carry more than that person. When it comes time to to stand before the Lord, He's going to say, what did you do? Well, I did more than He did. Uh Uh-uh. What did you do? He said, if you want to take pride in your life, then judge your life against your life. The now you against the old you. Are you growing? Are you maturing? Because then we can take pride in our own growth. We can take pride in in what the Spirit is doing in us. And that pride we have to understand is more we can be pleased in what we're doing. It's not a selfish pride because we know we're not doing it. We're keeping in step with the Spirit. 
understand too that in those two verses, because a lot of people, and I've, I've even had other pastors say this, that you know someone comes up and they say, well, you know, you're supposed to cast all your cares or we're supposed to carry each other's burden. And, and the pastor says, yeah, but if you go two more verses, it says you need to carry your own burden. You've got a responsibility. Well, we need to understand that those, that, that word burden and that word load are not the same. They don't even have the same connotations. That idea of carrying each other's burden, as we said, is that oppressive, overwhelming weight. You know what that word load means? Personal backpack. See, they're not the same. That some of us, get, we get overwhelmed that we're supposed to come along and carry each other. But if you just have your own backpack, uh-uh. My kids have tried that before. Dad, will you carry... No, that's your backpack. You carry your own backpack. I've got mine. I'm carrying. Now, if you've got a whole bunch of things that suddenly life has dumped on you beyond your personal load, beyond your personal backpack, then yeah, I need to come in and help you shoulder some of that. But you can't get off on not doing your part. And so we have to understand those loads and burdens are different in here. Um, we can always find someone who's doing worse than we are in this category of caring, of serving. Always. Someone who's, who's not keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, the, the, here's the danger. is that Do we start leaning towards legalism at that point? But if we test ourselves against others, we're going we're gonna to get a, call, a, a false confidence on where we stand. But in the end, each one's going to have to carry their own load. Each one's responsible for their own body of work. So compare yourself to yourself. Test yourself. Test your actions now as to where you were. Are you more serving? Are you more loving? Are you more giving? Are you more coming alongside? Are, are the fruit of the Spirit more viable in your life now than they were a year ago? Don't go last week. It's not a big enough body of work. Test your actions. Scrutinize your life on a regular basis to see if you're growing, to see if you are where you need to be. So that Third word. Weary. Verse 7 says, do not be deceived. See, test yourself. Compare yourself against yourself. Don't compare yourself against other people. Compare yourself against yourself, the new you versus the old you. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. That word mocked, better translation would be, God cannot be outwitted. (laughs) You're not going to fool anyone. You're not going to fool God. That if you don't test yourself accurately, if you don't test yourself against yourself, if you're not honest with yourself, don't be deceived. God, you're not going to outwit God. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of the believers. He said, you know what? We need to carry one another's burdens. 
that overwhelming load. We need to, to shore it up. We need to put it, pick it up with our hands, put it on our own shoulders. We need to test how we're doing in that. And then Paul says, don't grow weary in doing it. Don't grow tired in doing it. This is not just a command to do good, but, but to not to despair, not to lose heart in the process. Because sometimes that weight that we pull alongside and have kind of transfer and shift and we start carrying their emotional load can be draining. Because it's an emotional load. If it was overwhelming for them, it's going to be overwhelming for us. And so we need to not grow weary in the process. And doing good is, is referencing that, that whole Christian life. Everything that, that keeping in the step with the Spirit means. The disciplines. The study. The prayer. The relationships. The stewarding of our lives so that we have the resources of time and, and talents for the, uh, the benefits of others. Paul's fear was that the Galatians had started out well. But something happened. Remember back in in chapter 5, he said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? You had this down and now it just seems to be falling apart. They were moving from a selfless Christianity to a self-absorbed religion. You see, there's a real possibility that when you begin to burden someone, when you begin to carry someone else's burdens, that you will grow weary. It's a warning. Ministry is messy. Getting involved in carrying other people's burdens is not easy because we all have burdens to some degree. We're all carrying around a backpack. When I strap my backpack and I go and I pick up someone else's incredibly heavy load and add that to what I'm already carrying, it's easy to get tired. It's easy to give up. Paul says, don't give up. There will be a real temptation to quit. Human nature says, me first. Human nature says, "Mm, not right now. Human nature says, suck it up, buttercup. So how how do we go through, how do we carry burdens, how do we test ourselves so that we don't grow weary? How do we keep ourselves from growing weary? Paul's been explaining that to us all through the book of Galatians. He said, keep yourself spiritually healthy. Watch what you can do. Carry your your own load of responsibility. Keep in step with the Spirit. Here's where our dependence on the Holy Spirit is critical. That if I'm not relying fully on the Holy Spirit, if I'm not keeping in step with the Spirit, I'm probably unfit to carry anyone else's burden. Because it is going to weigh me down. It was a burden for them. Why would it not be a burden for me? Unless I am in step. Unless I am keeping step with the Spirit. And the Spirit is lifting the load. He is our strength. Everything we need, we get from Him. Every sin that we have, every bad attitude that we have, every unwilling spirit blocks His ability to work through us. 
And so if we are harboring that, if, we, if we're not dealing with our own sin, if we're not dealing with bad attitudes, if we're just going through life bumping along, and then we come up with someone's burden and we say, well, I can help you with that, we're going to be overwhelmed. You will sow what you reap. As much intentionality and effort you put in is what you get out. Okay, picture the farmer. Comes planting time, sowing season, okay? And it's time to put the crops in the ground, but it's been a hard winter and he's been tired. And he says, you know what? He gets halfway through his fields planting and he says, I'm done. Puts the tractor in the barn and that's it planted half of his field. When it comes an appropriate time, harvest time, when it comes time to yield the crop, how much crop is he going to yield? Half. Because it's all he sowed. You can't reap what you don't sow. You can't gain what you don't put in. And so if he thinks he can sow half a field and reap an entire field mistaken. Paul says you reap what you sow. You get out what you put in. If we want to harvest at the appropriate time when Christ returns, then we need to keep sowing now. Don't grow weary. Keep yourself spiritually healthy. Keep in those spiritual disciplines. Keep in the Word. Keep in those relationships. Keep living out the fruit of the Spirit. Keep serving one another in love through the gifts of the Spirit. Keep telling your story. Keep reminding other people what God is doing in your life right now. How alive and active and effective He is in your life right now to build you up. Steward your lives so that you have the time, so that you have the resources to use those abilities that God gave you to carry one another's burdens. If we let any of that go slack, you'll get tired. You'll get weary in well-doing. The Holy Spirit has an incredible method of caring for the body. That method is you and me. We are the method. The body is the method to carry the body. Whether it's salvation through faith alone in Christ alone or, or serving one another in love, it's the Holy Spirit who works through us. Who works through the believer in all things and enables us to, to love our neighbor as ourselves. To carry one another's burdens. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to help us test our actions. To be honest. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to give us the energy to continue to sow, to continue to sow, to continue to sow. That in the appropriate time when Christ returns, when the harvest is ready to be taken, that we reap enables us to fulfill the law of Christ. Folks, the journey is long. The hike isn't just two miles in, two miles out. And at times it's treacherous. At times life is hurtful. At times life is overwhelming. Most of the time, I hope, it's just our backpack we're carrying. 
And most of the time we can go through, and even with the bumps and the bruises and the, and the little hills, we can, we can manage. Between us and the Holy Spirit, we, He strengthens us. But there are times where life just piles it on. Share those times. Be honest when you are overwhelmed. And allow the church to be the church. Allow those believers to come alongside you and lift that burden, to to shoulder the load that you're carrying. Whether it's through prayer or, or physically getting involved, counseling, spiritually being there to listen. Sometimes that's all a person needs. They don't need advice. They just need an ear. I found that when I, when I do give just a listening ear, most people answer their own questions just by talking. You don't have to say anything. They talk themselves right into the right answer. Just by opening up and sharing and talking through it all. Ask questions. But come alongside. Share that burden. And as we grow... As we are faithful to continue to sow, as we are faithful to continue to in those disciplines, to continue to grow in our intimacy with Christ, we become stronger and stronger. A couple years after that first trip to Lilypad Lake, we went back on vacation to Dillon. And Alex couldn't wait to go on that hike again. And so when the morning came, we loaded up in the car and off we went. This time we had a three-year-old with us. And a six-year-old. And I'm like, this is not going to work. Because mom was still now back at the condo with the other one-year-old. So I'm taking off on a four-mile hike with a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I told both of them, you know what you're getting into. Alex walked the whole thing. Mackenzie made it all the way to the lake. And I carried her off and on on the way out. But Alex had grown. She had matured, okay, from four to six, but... She was stronger at six than she was at four. She was more determined at six than she was at four. She had more life experience at six than she had at four. You could test yourself and know that at six I can do this, where at four I needed help. (coughs) What condition is the now you in compared to the old you? The year ago you. The two year ago you. We've been given a call, a command to carry each other's burdens. And that's going to require us testing ourselves, continuing to grow, continuing to sow, that we would not grow weary in doing that. Father, this morning, thank You for the body of Christ. Thank You for believers who who take seriously Your command to be the body. Father, I pray for... For all the burdens that we are carrying, those that are, that are overwhelming this morning. Father, that, that the individuals who are carrying those would seek out the church. Whether it's calling and telling the church office, whether it's sharing it in a small group or a Bible study, or just sharing it one-on-one with a friend that they know they can trust. To begin to unload that burden. Father, help us. 
Help us swallow pride. Help us humble ourselves to, to not only share but to care. Father, you desire, you have said, cast all of our cares on you. For you care for us. And Father, we've discovered this morning that the way in which you care for us is through us. Father, would you continue to develop that in Mac? Would you continue to build community? Would you continue to build believers who care for one another? Father, who are willing to carry the burdens, who, who seek out the opportunities, that when an opportunity arises, we do it. Because we know that ultimately there's a reward at the end. We know ultimately that we, if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. And we know ultimately that your body needs us. to share the load. Father, none of us are in this together and I thank you for that. None of us are in this alone and I thank you for that. But we don't need to go through this life by ourselves or feeling that we are by ourselves. Lord, help us, Mac, be the church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you please stand? Sounds right in this broken land. 
testimony everyone overcome we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony everyone overcome one more time letters that he wrote. One of the key words in there is love. He talks a lot about love and a lot about knowing. And as I was reading through that this week, I'm like, I need something to end with. And in light of reading the entire book of 1 John to you, I encourage you to go home and do that. Let me just read some of it. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ has laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. 
This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and love is made complete in us. God is love. Whoever lives in love, love, whoever lives in love, lives in God. And God in Him. Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like Him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The man who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. Carry each other's burdens. Be intentional this week with those around you. That when you see a burden before you're ever asked, come up and just shoulder the load. Get involved in one another's life. Be the community that God has called us to be. That He has created us to be. Test yourself. Find yourself as one approved. Amen. Go love the world.